Praise God. Well, I've been enjoying the service so far. Wonderful admonition from Pastor Dan and uh, just kind of gets us cranked up and going. And uh, I love making that confession about the Word of the Bible, remind ourselves uh, that idiot box that we sit and look at at home, you know. I learned that from Brother Hagen called it the one-eyed monster. I'd call him. i say, what are you doing? He says, I'm sitting here staring at this one-eyed monster talking about the television set, you know. And uh, But uh, a lot of people, every, all their information comes from that, from that yeah. instead of from the Word. Amen? Yeah. And, you know, even listening to, to uh, preaching on TV, that's good. Praise God. You know, if it's a good, solid ministry... But uh, you need to learn, we need to all learn to get the Bible, become familiar with it, and open it ourselves. And actually, it helps you to read it out loud, not just stare at it. And, you know, religion has made everything we do supposed to be whisper quiet. Um, I, never, I never understood that, you know, especially if there's a funeral be quiet, there's a funeral. We're not going to disturb the dead. They're already not disturbed. So uh, I don't know who we're being quiet for. But anyway, it's okay to have quiet time and all that. But, you know, quiet time is is uh, has taken over in, in, in church discipline or Christian discipline. Quiet time took over from speaking the word. There's a time to be quiet and medita- meditative and listen and hear. But then there's a time to speak, amen, and to speak the Word of God with boldness and declare it out loud. The air molecules in your home need to hear the Word of God spoken, amen. And um, your home should be a place where people walk in and say, wow, the peace of God is here, you know, or or whatever. Not Not a lot of hoopla. All right. Found your Bible yet? If you haven't, I don't know. Maybe they're under your golf clubs in the back of the car, you know. All right. We're going to read Romans 10 uh, about speaking. This is so simple, but I think we need to be reminded of it. Speaking with the mouth and believing with the heart. Speaking with the mouth, believing with the heart. Now you'll notice there's not a lot in this scripture. There are other places, but you'll see there's not a lot here or Mark 11:23 where Jesus said, um, and I'm gonna we're gonna turn there too in a minute, but where Jesus said uh, about saying with the mouth and believing with the heart. Amen. But uh, notice there's not a lot said about the mind, about what you think. Nothing said about your emotions and how you feel about it. So there's nothing wrong with having emotions. You're human. You're going to have some. (laughs) Amen. Well, at least we believe you're human. Kind of look human. And the IRS believes you're human because they'll send you a bill. So, uh, you know, Social Security Administration believes you're human. But... uh, we're, we're humans, therefore we have emotions. We are emotional. But you know, thank God that we can put our emotions in their place. 
that they don't run us. Amen. And so, uh, you know, you, you'll find sometimes the, the, the touchiest, uh, offense prone, I'm trying to come up with new words here, offense prone, um, situations in church more than any other place, you know, just sometimes folks come in and they're actually wearing an emotional suit when they come in. There's not, there's like chips on the shoulder, not just one chip, lots of chips on the shoulder waiting for somebody to knock it off. Look at me wrong, say it wrong, do it wrong, and their emotional wrecks over the whole thing. And they live that way in their life and then wonder why nothing happens positively or whatever. But I'll tell you what, you're going to have to put your emotions in their place. It's all right to have them, but you keep them under control. Amen? And don't let them run you. Amen? And uh, negative thoughts. Everybody, everybody's the same. We can't help it. Negative thoughts come. Fearful thoughts come. If you watch enough news, it increases. It's like if you don't go anywhere, don't drink the water, don't eat the food or breathe the air, you'll be okay. Because there's a new scare every five minutes of what's going to happen. Don't go to the grocery store, you'll get shot. Don't go, I mean, you know, just stay in your closet and, uh, Put a bag over your head and stay low. You'll be okay. But I'm telling you, uh, it's okay. You know, we have we, we have negative impressions. We even have uh, that one song says on just a little talk with Jesus. I might ha- may have I may have doubts and fears. Okay, those come against us. But I'll tell you what, we we learn to put those things in their place. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And compare what the information we have. To the word of God and what God is saying. Amen. So we're going to, that's why there's not much said in these scriptures about the mind. Now there's plenty, we could do a whole series on the mind and the soul. It's very important. Amen. The Bible talks about bringing every thought into the captivity or the obedience of Christ. So we need to do that. But here we're talking, we're not so much concentrating on the mind. We're concentrating on our spirit man speaking. And so we're going to put our flesh in its place, our emotions in its place. We're going to put our doubts and fears and and, uh, wondering and all that in its place. And we're going to put the spirit man in the driver's seat. And that's going to steer the ship. Amen? And so... One way to do this, and the only way to really effectively do it, is start speaking what the Word says even before you believe it. Even before you believe it. Well, you know, I grew up in a church that taught, it doesn't matter what you say, uh, God looks on the heart, it's what you believe that counts. Well, those people must have lost parts of their Bible because Jesus said something about talking, and God speaks, and the Word speaks. And so if we're not doing it like that, we're, we're just we're doing it wrong. <laughs> and that's why our results are not good. Amen? So let's, let's begin here. I'm going to touch on this little thing for with Israel here just to help you keep your brain straight. 
and why Paul was writing this. He was really writing this uh, not only to the church at Rome, but he was also writing it to Jews and Greeks. It's all the same message. There's only one message. There's not a separate gospel for the Jews and another one for the Gentiles. That's become popular, but it's not scriptural if you, if you believe Paul's revelation. So if you look at Roman, and that's not anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic would be to exempt the Jews and say salvation is not for them. But it is for them. Amen. Christ is for the Jews. And salvation through Christ is for the Jews. All right? So look at Romans 10, 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel. Do you think that means Israel? Does Israel mean Israel? Is that they might be saved. So his heart, Paul, who was Jewish, by the way, was that Israel would be saved. Amen? He never went back and retracted that and said, I made a mistake, I've offended all of them, I'm not going to preach to them anymore. He never said that. He said that his prayer is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, look at that, they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, which is the only righteousness that the law allows for, is self-righteousness, how well you keep the law, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. But the righteous, and this is where I want you to start seeing, speaking, the righteousness which is of faith speaketh. Now, now you know, it goes on, but I want you to see just that part. The righteousness which is of faith speaketh. Praise God. Somebody said, if you're going to run at your giant, you need to have your mouth open. And you need to be speaking. Now, that's what David did when he went after Goliath. He said, this day, now this is talking some smack out on the field. Because he said, this day, I'm going to cut your head off and feed your carcass to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. That's what he was, that's talking some pretty big smack there, isn't it? That's some big talking. And all you've got's a slingshot. But you know, one good, you know, the, the scripture describes that that stone that hit Goliath went right between his eyes and, and it was such force, and I believe it was supernatural force, it sunk into his skull, which took him out like that. Praise the Lord. But my point is, is that he wasn't Saying, now let's be quiet, you know, in the presence of the Lord. No, he had the word that he was speaking was coming out of his mouth. So I just wanted you to see that. I'm taking a little bit of liberty here to, to, to do this. But it says the righteousness which is of faith speaks. Well, what would it speak? 
I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a new creature in him. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Can you say praise God today? So um, you wouldn't want to speak the opposite. Well, I can't do anything right. I try to live for God. But it's just hard. I'm just, you know, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't seem to have the faith that other people have. I wish I had the faith of pastor. I wish I had the faith of the prophet. I wish I had the faith of Sister Ledbetter. She's Ledbetter than everybody. You know, I just wish I had more faith, and I just don't. I just not, I don't know. I can't hear from God. I'm just not very spiritual. Now, people go around talking like that, and they need to shut up saying that. Probably repent of saying it, because it's speaking opposite of the word, and begin to say, I'm going to say about me what God says about me. See, again, when we hold up the Bible and make that confession, this is, this is my Bible, this is God's Word. I am everything this Bible says I am. I have everything this Bible says I have. I can do everything this Bible says I can do. And every confession about ourselves should be in line with that. Amen. Now, if you haven't practiced this as part of your Christian experience and discipline, uh, it would be a good, today is a great day to start. Amen. Just to say, praise God, I'm prosperous. Now, you might not have a, a, a thin dime in your pocket. See, people say, well, that's easy for you to say. No, you don't know how easy or hard my life has been. Come on. That's an unfair, unfair uh, argument. People say, well, look at him. He's all fixed up. He's never been through anything. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, you, you got, you got three hours. Let me tell you what I've been through. But that doesn't change the word. And so, uh, again, you know, Kenneth Hagan Jr. used to talked about his father. He said, my dad was preaching prosperity when he didn't know how he was going to get to the next place to go preach. He's believing God for gas money. Literally did not have a thin dime in his pocket because the dime he had he put in the offering. And so um, people say, well, yeah, well, look, you know, they talk. And uh, Aretha, Mom Hagen, she told me one time, she said, you know, she said there were times that we'd be sitting in meetings and we didn't honestly know if we were going to have enough money to go out to eat after the service, get a sandwich. But she said, we put on our best clothes. We put on every piece of jewelry we owned. We shined our shoes and we put a smile on our face and we acted like we had the, uh, the world with a fence around it because according to the words you do. Amen. Amen. Say, do you have verse, chapter and verse? Yeah. We're heirs of God. How many believe God owns the world with a fence around it? Well, so do we then because we're heirs of His. And joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So a lot of, a lot of, you can't judge anybody by the outward appearance. You have to, you have to go by what the word says. Amen. Praise God. My dad was a state overseer in the church of God for, uh, two states. One was New Mexico first, and then the other one was in Iowa. And, um, some of those churches, you know, were a little neglected. And he, he'd drive up. That's why I'm such a fanatic, kind of, about it. But 
my dad would drive up to a church, you know, and uh, the weeds would be up, the grass would be up to the windowsills, you know, turned to turn to seed. And, uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, problems, uh, cobwebs between the piano legs and and the uh, you know, church was dirty and, you know, and pastor's shoes looked like he shredded them through the, you know, weed whacker or whatever. Anyway, my dad, first thing he did, he'd say, Pastor, I don't know why we don't have any people. He said, well, who wants to come to a church? You don't even look like you're open for business. You know, everything's just grown up and grown over and dirty and nasty. He said, why don't you, you know, do something about it? And so he would chew them out, you know. He could chew them out. He's the state overseer. He's their boss. He'd chew them out and let them have it. They well, that's not very loving. Yes, it is. It's, we're talking to God's house, God's business. Amen. Praise the Lord. We do our best. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the yard guy doesn't make it here, and I get mad, but that's okay. We'll forgive him. But uh, I, I will tell you that uh, those things, just those things of, of acting and talking and believing like the word says. Is this helping anybody? Yeah. Praise God. Uh, will begin to produce the fruit of what you're saying. And you'll look around, you know, you say, well, it didn't happen all at once. No, it doesn't. But, you know, gradually you'll begin to see your life take a turn to, to what you say. So I'm going to say this. Boy, Brother Norval used to say this all the time and got people so mad they'd get up and leave the meeting. But he said, if you don't like what you have, start saying something different than what you're saying. Well, that goes over as big now as it did then. Because everybody wants to blame somebody else. And even want to blame the devil. But ultimately, you can't even blame the devil because, because that would give him power over you. He's under our feet. Amen. Now, he does attack and he tries to create scenarios and situations that make you want to doubt what the Word says. But you, I tell you what, the first person you need to read, learn to read the Bible to is the devil. Listen to me. Oh, Satan, it's you. Oh, glad you're here. I want to tell you what the Bible says about me. And then let's talk about what the Bible says about you. Amen. Because he wants to come and accuse you, bring up every wrong thing you've ever done, everything you've ever said, you know, that wasn't right, and, and, and actions and behaviors. And, and you want to say, oh, I'm glad you should. Hey, thanks. Have a seat. Let me talk, talk to you about you. Listen, you're so stupid. You were the, the, one of the three mighty archangels leading the, leading the choir of heaven and uh, charge of the music and arts and those things. And you staged a rebellion and got yourself kicked out of heaven permanently, voted off the island. And I'm an heir of God and you're not. And in fact, you're so ridiculous, I'm going to laugh at you right now. Ha ha ha. Oh, he hates that. Ha 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 ha. Where'd you get the red suit with the forked tail at a bad party rental? Costume place? Come on. Amen. 
The devil says, well, you don't, you're not prosperous. You've got this big bill you've got to pay. You're not, you're not healthy. You've got a pain in their side. You've got, you know, something else happening. And even the doctor said, you're not healthy. <laughs> you know, you just start saying, you know, I'm going to say what the word says. And the devil is a liar. And circumstances are lying, are lying vanities, the Bible calls it. Jonah quoted that. It was from Psalms. Jonah said, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Isn't that something? Well, I'm having a good time. I don't care if nobody else is. So. Remember, we read, we read that in verse 6, the righteousness which is of faith speaks, right? Well, now jump to verse 8 and and it asks this question, what does it say? See, what saith it? That's King James. What does it say? Uh, in, In verse Six, it says, righteousness speaks. But in verse eight, it says, what does it say? What does righteousness by faith in Christ say? It says this, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, that say that means me, and in thy heart, that say that means me, that is the word of faith, which we preach. The word of faith as opposed to the word of works or dead works for self-righteousness sake. We're going to speak the word of faith uh, righteousness. Faith righteousness. Amen. And, it's, and, it, and, it's, and he says, here's where it starts. Verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, and check and see if your emotions agree with it, and if every thought in your head agrees with it. Is that what it says? No. no nothing about emotions or feelings. I said some churches, their theme song should be feelings, nothing more than feelings. Because everything's by how you feel. How do y'all, how y'all feel? Who cares how we feel? Like one preacher said, if I went by how I felt, I'd jump off the bridge about once a month, you know. We don't go by, we don't, we don't run any part, other part of our life by how we feel. Amen. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't stay in a marriage because of how you feel. What if you suddenly don't feel so excited about it all? For a moment, that's impossible living with Scarlet. But, you know, other people that aren't here, all you people on Internet, we're directing all of our thoughts to you. (laughs) Well, you certainly can't you can't keep a job going by how you feel, can you? What if you just called in one day? You know, boss, I'm not coming in today. I just don't feel like I'm not. I'm just not feeling it. That's not feeling it. I think I want to sit on the sofa and flip channels for three hours. 
eat potato chips. Yeah, that's what I feel like doing, so I'm going to do what I feel like. Well, if I was the boss, I would say, well, you, you enjoy that, and in fact, why don't you just do it the rest of your life, because you're fired. You don't go to school or finish an education on how you feel. You do what you know is right and the thing to do to put yourself over. Amen? Well, that's just what this is here. With the heart man believes, and with and unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen? Now, jump down to... Uh, to 12, for there is no difference. See, this is the thing that needs to be preached today. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Well, why wouldn't they call upon him? Well, in some circles, they're saying because they're exempted, because they've got the, you know, the earlier covenant, but Paul didn't get the memo. And you think if anybody got the memo, it would have been Paul because he was a doctor of the law. He knew more about Abrahamic covenant and more about Moses' law than anybody. And notice he didn't get the memo about you need to exempt some folks. He said, "So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. doesn't matter if they're Jews or Greeks or male or female. All right? How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Well, they can't. And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a supernatural post-death experience where suddenly they're preached to? Does it say that? No. What do they need so that they can have the material to make the decision for Christ, a preacher. Well, if the preachers are afraid to preach, we just shut the whole thing down. Well, don't everybody shout at once. You see why I'm not asked to preach at certain conferences. Wouldn't it be great to just open up with this? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring uh, glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. It seems to be the case today. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And then he goes on, we won't take time, he goes on to address some things. But really, this is directed towards Israel. This is directed towards Jews and Gentiles alike. Amen? In other words, everybody (laughs) needs to hear the gospel. All right, so, without turning extremely evangelistic this morning, I just wanted you to see that, the correlation between the mouth and the heart. So if we don't like what we have, let's start saying something different than what we've been saying. And therefore, you believe. Say, so what, what about the believing part? Well, the believing part is like the trailer. The engine, they say you've got a pickup truck and a cargo trailer <laughs> behind it. 
uh, the trailer's going nowhere by itself. You've got to have the engine running and the truck put in gear and move. If you'll hook your trailer to the hitch on that truck, the trailer will go where the truck goes. If you'll take your believer <laughs> on the inside, amen, your believing part, and, and hook it to your mouth, whatever you say, your believing will follow it. Is that a good illustration? So sometimes people try to get the cart before the horse, in other words. If you try to put the trailer in front of the truck, you got a problem. Amen? So, well, I'm not going to say anything I don't believe. Well, all right, but you're, you're not also going to get the benefits that you could be getting of life in Christ and life in the Word. Amen? Now, let's look at Mark. I know that this is really preaching to the choir here and going over some of the same truths, but I think we need reminding. I don't hear much of this taught anymore, anywhere. You know, we're into deep stuff now. You gotta be careful in Florida, you get too deep, you'll be in quicksand. Some folks are so deep, they've forgotten where the foundations are. So, you know, without trying to be uh, cute, if you look at Mark eleven twenty three, um, we've called this the mountain moving faith, but really, it's more about words and authority and courage than it is faith. Just to be honest, this is how our faith is expressed through our, our mouth. But I've got a paraphrase of Mark eleven twenty three that I'll read to you here in just a moment. The David Horton paraphrase. All right, but let's read it here from the King James. For verily I say unto you, Jesus is talking, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, what's the first thing he says? Say. Whosoever shall say, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that these those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever the Lord decides he wants him to have. He's got to check with John Calvin first and see what he thinks. No. Whosoever he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, you know, some people just, their, their religion does not allow them to accept that, that, that the believer has that much authority. But according to Jesus, it's funny, the red letter edition King James Version Bible Baptist, they'll fight you over the words of Christ until you bring up this one. And I've had those discussions with folks like that, and they'll stare at you, they get so mad because there's not asterisk, see footnote below, according to the sovereignty of God. And if he doesn't want you to have it, don't care what you say, you ain't getting it. But that's not there. I, 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 I don't, my, I have white space at the bottom of my Bible. There's no, there's no, there's no quid pro quo. There's no, uh, caveats. 
there's no fine print written in by attorneys. You understand? It's just blank, plain. So, here's the deal. I don't get into arguments with people about that. They, they want to remind me. Sometimes somebody will slip up behind me. Let me remind you. Don't remind me. Shut up. I'm going to believe what Jesus said, come hell or high water. Amen? And I'm going to be belligerent about it. Because I need to be for my own faith. So I'll tell you what, here's what we can all do. You have what you say, I have what I say, and, uh, you, you know, we leave each other alone. I, I, that's why I don't have confession monitors running around in the church. Somebody says, well, I'm going to correct what sister so-and-so said. Well, no, you're not. If, if that's, you know, you might, you might just for a moment fix something. But generally speaking, people are going to do what they want to do, and they're going to say what they want to say, and they're going to believe what they want to believe. Amen. Well, you're certainly not going to straighten me out with sovereignty issues, because I'll tell you right now, sovereign God is the one who put this in the Bible. And if his word is not sovereign, then his sovereignty is in question. So his word is his will. This craziness idea in mainstream Christianity that you know, God's will can just be willy-nilly, whatever he decides on a whim he can do, uh, is, is, it makes a mockery of the Bible. You might as well just throw it in the trash. His word is his will. Amen? So for anyone who wants to come up behind me and say, don't forget, God's sovereign, I haven't forgotten. That's how come I can believe it. Because sovereign God put it in the word. And therefore, I can take it to the bank. <laughs> Amen. Spiritually, spiritually, physically, financially, materially, and every other way. Amen. So if you tell me, don't forget, God's sovereign. He doesn't have to do anything. I'm going to say, well, he has to keep his word or he's a liar like anybody else. Amen. Now, when you preach it like that, if, if you're, if, if this is pausing like grinding on the inside of you, that's because your religious devils are getting stirred up. They don't like it. Why do religious devils not like it? Because they don't want you to walk in victory. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil doesn't want us walking in health, wealth, blessing, favor, joy, victory, Happiness, all those things. He doesn't want that. So if we find a way to the blessings of God from the lips of our Savior Jesus, amen, then, um, great! <laughs> we would be, I'm the only one shouting. I'll tell you this place. I'm going to get some whirly gigs and smoke machine. I've been in those churches. They got the whirly gigs and the smoke machine. Praise God. So you'll notice that here he's talking more about saying than anything. Get the saying straight and the believing will follow. So here's my paraphrase. Did I say that this is, I, I put at the top of my Bible, I didn't write mountain moving faith. I wrote mountain moving words. 
This is about our words. And here's my paraphrase. It's also about courage. How much faith does it take? How much faith do you need? Well, however much for you to have the courage to say what needs to be said. That's all the faith you need. So, I have five minutes. Listen. So, here's my paraphrase. That whosoever, and of course that means me, I'm a whosoever, so are you, whether you want to admit it or not. Amen. It applies to you. That whosoever shall say what needs to be said. Now you can have a fill in the blank there. Whatever you say. This is so good. And shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that everything that you say shall come to pass, including this, what you're saying now, you shall have whatsoever you say. Praise God. Now, so you don't have people say, well, you know, brother, pastor, not everybody has the faith of Abraham. And I'm thinking, that's the simplest faith you could have, the faith of Abraham. If you don't have the faith of Abraham, you don't have faith. Well, what was Abraham's faith? He was strong in faith, remember from Romans 4. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God, that what God had promised, he's able to perform. That's the the simplicity of Abraham's faith. Abraham did not have to believe in some huge miracle of the baby, he just had to believe that what God had promised, he's able to perform. That's really pretty easy to believe. If you believe in God at all, do you believe, you ask somebody on the street, do you believe in God? If they say yes, say, well, do you believe that God can do everything he says he can do? Well, sure. That's Abraham's faith. Jesus is applying Abraham's faith here. He's saying, You have what you say. So, I believe that. That's my foundation right there for belief, for active faith. I believe that I have what I say. Therefore, I say the bill is paid, or the healing is manifesting, or the relationship is being restored. I say that. And because everything I say and believe comes to pass, I say and believe that this shall also come to pass. So I don't have to believe. People say, you have to believe against the cancer. You have to believe against the bills. You have to believe against the devil. No, I just believe that what Jesus said is true. Yes. Try to make it easy for you. Amen. So some people say, well, I just can't get it. No, it's, it's you won't get it. It's not can't get it, won't get it. Amen. It'd be like if you were destitute and had to get in a food line. They say, well, here's a place that's distributing groceries. And if you'll get in the line and stand there, when it's your turn, they'll give you a box. And you just sit in your car with your arms folded. I ain't doing that. I'm not getting in that line. Why? I don't think it'll work for me. I think when I get up there, they're going to say they're running out of food. 
He said, no, they got plenty. Get in the line. Stand there. Line up. No, doesn't work for me. I can't do it. Yes, it's not that you can't do it. You won't do it. So this is the way it is with God. You know, he's saying everybody has this authority. Everybody can say what needs to be said. What needs to be said? What would solve it? What would fix it? Well, really, what would be a miracle for you? Can you even identify it? People say, I need a miracle in the name, you know, whatever. (laughs) A little church of God jerk there, you know, whiplash, Pentecostal whiplash, accompanied by Pentecostal Tourette's. But, uh, you know, uh, it... If you will just do it, it'll work for you. Praise God. So people say, well, I need a miracle. Well, what would that look like? Can you use your imagination? What would that look like? What would be too hard for God to do for you? Well, there's nothing too hard for God, but I don't know. I just need an answer. I'm just looking for an answer. I I, I don't know what the answer is. I just need an answer. Well, you do know what the answer is. Here's the answer. Whatever the word says, and then whatever you say in agreement with that, that's the answer. Don't say, I don't have an answer. Well, my finances are in such a mess, Pastor. I don't know what it would take to straighten them out. Well, what would it take? (laughs) How much money would it take? What would it take? Use your imagination. Think. Praise God. Get a pencil and a piece of paper. And write down what a miracle for you would look like. And say, well, if that happened, then all my problems in this area would be solved. Great! Praise God! Do it! Write it! Speak it! Think it! Believe it! Declare it! Be careful who you declare it to, because people will try to talk you out of it. Well, like that's going to happen... See, you don't need to hear that. Well, maybe the Lord wants you to suffer and go through all this. Now, if they start saying that, here's the, here's the spiritual thing to do. Put your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 la. You don't have to hear it. That was deep. Did you get it? La 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 la. Say, what are you doing? I'm drowning you out so I don't have to hear you speak doubt and unbelief and fear to me. Brother Copeland said that when he was learning faith and authority through his words, he he'd sometimes get you know a little down about something, and he would say. Well, I don't know, Gloria, this just isn't going to work. She said, would you like for me to agree with you in the name of Jesus, what you just said? He'd say, no, don't agree with that. Because if any two agree is touching anything, it shall be done. Don't agree with that, amen? Scarlet's good, she encourages me. Sometimes I say smack, and she'll straighten it out, praise the Lord. Not because she's like straightened me out, but she just helps me, amen? She'll say, well, I'm not believing that. For me, you can have that if you want. (laughs) 
And I mean, I don't want it, what I just said. <laughs> well, don't say it then, bozo. Amen. I will recommend the tape ministry for you. Now, you think, now, tape ministry, we don't have that still. Yes, we do. We have tape ministry. Um, I, I used to, you know, would preach like this, and I'd have my book table and, and uh, all the materials there and a lot of tapes. We had cassette tapes. And uh, some woman would come up. With, first of all, she would sabotage the table with her pocketbook and wipe out all the stacks, you know, Dragging it along, looking. Everything's a wreck. And then finally I straightened it out and she says, Well, I heard what you said, but I tried all that. Nothing works for me. Everything I say, nothing happens. I just, everything just goes to the pot. I just don't know what to do. Do you have a tape that'll help me? I said, I do. It's a special tape. It's right here under the, uh, uh, in a box under the book table. And I pull out a roll of duct tape. I said, this is the tape for you. She said, what am I supposed to do with that? I said, put it over your mouth. Because, (laughs) put it over your mouth for a year. And things will get better by themselves if you'll just quit cursing yourself. Isn't that the truth? My faith is released. We used to sing a little song at healing school. My faith is released in the glad confession. It's mine. When I prayed, I believed that I received. It's mine. I have it now. Amen. I mean, this is word of faith. (laughs) Prehistoric word of faith teaching today. But I'm telling you, it's the truth. You can build your life on it. Take full advantage of what Jesus did. What greater way to honor Jesus' sacrifice than to take full advantage of what he provided on the cross? Praise God. Amen? And say, Lord, at the end of your life, you can say, Lord, I did everything that I could do to live the life that you provided through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Isn't that good? Okay, I'm going to pray for you here and also in the uh, in the um, audience from the internet if you have a problem with your body of pain suffering put your hand where you're suffering Jesus will touch you there in the name of Jesus father I thank you for your healing power I command every sickness and illness and weakness to go in Jesus name I command blind eyes to open deaf ears to unstop lame legs to walk cancers and tumors and growths to disappear, any abnormal cell activity to cease in Jesus' name. I thank you that uh, blood systems, circulatory systems, hearts, lungs, livers, kidneys, spleens, uh, brains, amen, are all touched and healed and made whole today in the name of Jesus. All the glands, all the things that are supposed to be producing chemicals in our body, all function at a balanced level in the name of Jesus. Be healed and whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet in Jesus' name. Those that have material and financial needs, Lord, I thank you that you show yourself strong this week in that area. Thank you, Lord, for new homes, new cars, new furniture, new uh, computers, new whatever is needed, appliances, (laughs) 
in Jesus' name, will come into the hands of the believers. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for witnessing opportunities everywhere we go. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise today in Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands and praise him and thank him. Amen. Praise the Lord.